Hello there, my name is Shirley Fisher and I'm an illustrator, creative business owner, and mom of two. I've been slowly growing from a part-time creator to a full-time working artist since 2016, so I know the joy and struggle of working for yourself and how mindset can impact your growth. It's here where we dig deep through vulnerable chats about running a creative business and uprooting our limiting beliefs. My hope is that you walk away from these conversations feeling empowered with a greater sense of clarity and community. So find a cozy spot, open up your heart, and prepare to be encouraged. Welcome to the Tillage Podcast. Are you a super fan of the Tillage Podcast? May I ask, have you ever written a review? If you haven't, I would so appreciate you taking the time to go and write a review today. This review came in last week and it says, I've never actually anticipated and anxiously awaited a new episode of a podcast before until this one. I've listened to each episode repeatedly while waiting on the new ones. I often find myself even on the second or third listen, making post-it notes with reminders for myself while on this journey. Thanks so much for this gem. It may feel two years late for you, but it's right on time for me. Thank you so much for this review. I've mentioned that I wanted to start a podcast about two years ago, and it took me some time, but I loved that this was right on time for you. Well, hi, Colleen. Thank you so much for coming on the Tillage podcast today. We're going to be talking about something that I feel like isn't talked about enough, so I'm very excited to discuss this. But like I always say, before we get started, I would love to hear more about Colleen and your background, what you're doing as an artist, and all the things. So can you let us in on the Colleen story? You bet. It's so fun to be here with you, Shirley. I have so enjoyed listening to you and just the community that you're creating, which is just so filled with encouragement for so many people. Thank thank you. you for all you do. I would love to share a little bit of my story because I I really come to own that everyone's story is so unique and there's no right or perfect path to get where we want to go. And I think a lot of that is really just looking at your own story and saying, this is who I am and that's a good thing. So I am, I guess I feel like I am new to the creative space in some ways. I actually think that all people are just creative by design, but that as adults, somewhere along the way, we kind of lose that identity. And so right before we came on, we were talking about how, you know, children who are young are just so, they're just so comfortable in their creative identity, right? And then somewhere along the line as adults, it's like, oh, well, what do we do? So for a lot of years, I did not identify as a creative. It was actually my husband in the family who was the creative. We lived overseas for a lot of years doing leadership development. And all of a sudden during the pandemic, we found ourselves back in America in a life change. And as you might imagine, I needed a way to kind of walk through all that transition. So I pulled out some watercolors and started what we might consider a traditional art hobby. And that snowballed for me. And then I found surface pattern design and And kind of everything in my story came together in a moment to restart something totally new, a totally new identity, a new business. And that's where Colleen Annalee was born a few years ago. And that has grown not just to surface pattern design, which I totally love, but to also encouraging and giving hope to other women who are building a creative identity and a creative business for themselves. 
I love that you talk about your journey and how that identity is always there, but it somehow gets lost along the way, whether that's through influence from you know, family members or what we're taught in school or what we're taught through just culture. Like art isn't necessarily a wise direction to go in. It's not profitable, but your journey to, you know, this new career, have you found that those voices kind of have been influential to you at some level? And how did you push through pursuing this career, even though that identity had kind of been snuffed or even outshined by someone else in your family. You know, we all bring a story to the table, right? Anything that we pursue, whether it is learning a language, learning to cook, starting a business, becoming an artist, then our whole story intersects that moment, right? And so for me, my creative business has truly been an intersection of my story and some desires in my heart that have been quiet for many years. You know, I was mentioning earlier just about that idea that we're all we're all creative by design, right? Like you think about this just on a basic level. We we create things all day long, right? We say words and that creates an environment in our home. Or, you know, we can we can say something and that puts hope, that creates hope or it creates discouragement. <laughs> on the other side, in someone else's heart, right? We create food for our children or we create um, a space to live in, whether it's clean or dirty, right? We create, we create, we make, we make, it's who we are. And so for me, like stepping into the business space with that identity of creative entrepreneur helped me to, I think, formally put a coat hook up on the wall and begin to say, this is who I am. This is what it's going to look like. And everything I did gave me an opportunity to look at my own story and decide what is true about my story and what maybe do I want to be more true in my story. And that is not a quick process. That's a lifelong process, right? Like that's yeah. just, that's what being human is, is continuing to look at our own stories and the opportunities and the experiences that we have on a day-to-day basis gives us the opportunity, I think, to look inward and say, that's who I want to be. I want to be someone who doesn't give up or oh, I want to be someone who grieves well because that was hard or someone who recognizes the goodness and celebrates what is truly there. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you talk about identity because I think for me, one of the hardest things initially was to even identify as an artist. And then the next thing I had to identify was a business owner. And so we gradually move into those places and it becomes more comfortable to take those things on. So I love that you touch on that. We are going to switch directions a little bit here and talk about celebration. And this is something I don't feel like is talked about very much. And if it is, it's almost like cliche. And so I'm really excited to hear your perspective on celebration today. And so we're just going to take it back to the the very beginning, some basic structure here. How do you define celebration? And why do you think it's important for us as creatives and business owners to celebrate? What a fabulous question, right? I do love questions. And I, I had a wise mentor who once told me that when a question is posed or offered, listeners will often answer truthfully in their hearts, even if 
they don't know what to say with their words, or even if they answer dishonestly with their words. And so I find that questions are so fun because they really do draw out truth, don't they? So celebration for me at its core is finding intentionally or marking goodness in something that has already passed or something that, you know, is is there in the moment. And so a celebration is just a marking, a noting, a noticing, a holding up of goodness. and specifically in a way that's really fun or exciting or desirable or pleasurable, right? And so it's, it's, it's a recognizing of goodness and then it's a leaning into it. I think we do that on a personal level somewhat easily when, you know, like our culture gives us cues like, oh, it's someone's birthday. And so let's celebrate them, right? And maybe we're intentional to notice what we love about them. Like, oh, you are this incredible light and bright spot and encouraging person. And we wish you the best in the next year or for Christmas or holidays or things that we're marking. But in our businesses, we have to create those cues or those cultural moments, right? Because they don't exist. And so the cool thing is, I think if we all look at our culture, we see how much we love holidays and moments of celebration, right? We realize, oh yeah, we're made for this. and we love it and we lean into it because we buy special food or we put on a fun outfit and there's this sense of enjoyment, right? And anticipation. And so when I look at the way we celebrate in our normal lives and our cultures and our calendars, it reminds me that there's a lot of opportunity to create that momentum and that goodness in our businesses as well, which of course in turn gives us momentum for the future. So you would say that it's important to celebrate because it gives us momentum. It also, you know, brings about this encouragement and this feeling of like, oh, this is worth celebrating. So what are some wrong assumptions you think that we have about celebration? We have a lot, don't we? We have some right assumptions too. And I think I want to add in one extra reason that we celebrate. It does give us momentum. But even more than that, it gives us hope. And so let me kind of dig into that just a little bit more. Oh, I'd love you too. (laughs) (laughs) If I look back over my week this week, for instance, I have a lot of thoughts that I might have. And I'm sure, you know, all of the listeners will relate with these two. I might say something like, oh, I didn't get everything that I wanted to finish. Or oh, that piece of tech was so frustrating for me. I am not good at technology. Maybe, oh, I'm never going to get it. I'm never going to get it. Or I still didn't start that project that I want to. And maybe I dig a little deeper and I say, oh, because it's scary because I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to use X, Y, or Z. And, And we begin to look back. And we have an opportunity as we look back to consider how we're going to look at our past. And so celebration is only something that you can do in the present moment, right? Like we're embodied people as artists and creatives, especially we don't, we don't necessarily get to create outside of our bodies. Right. (laughs) So it kind of just goes without saying, but we, we have to be whole and integrated people because we create in our bodies. Right. So celebration is a way to celebrate today in the present 
what you have seen in the past that is good, that is honorable, that is noteworthy, so that it gives you hope and momentum for the future. And so I find that it's really the most powerful way to claim our present moment and claim not in a sense of like, you know, victory or like being overly powerful, but in a sense of intentionality. Like, here's what I'm going to do with my present moment, right? Because this present moment decides everything. It decides what next week is going to look like. So I have all those thoughts that I just mentioned. And I know people are like, oh yeah, me too. That tech thing just was so tricky this week and it made me want to give up. But I can look back and I can say any number of things, right? But celebrating that I considered it, that I tried something different, that I went for a walk, that I did one thing, that I Googled three answers, right? It doesn't have to be big. And that's one of the assumptions is that celebration has to be like product oriented. Like I finished, I put a neat little bow on the thing and celebration really, I mean, one out of a hundred times is product oriented. The other 99 I'm suggesting is that we celebrate the process and the progress, right? So if I look back and say, I tried it, or I have five followers on Instagram, or I made my first post, or I said I was an artist for the first time, and it was scary, right? All of those things are moments for celebration. So it takes what happened in the past, I put it right here in the present moment, And then all of a sudden, it fills me with this energy, this momentum, and of course, hopefulness for the future. And that's what we need, right, Shirley? We need hope and hopefulness to continue that momentum to get right where we're hoping to go with our creative businesses. Absolutely. And everything that you said is like, oh, of course I want hope. Of course I want momentum. And you make it sound so easy, like, oh, I can just celebrate small things. But then why do we have trouble celebrating? Why is it so difficult to celebrate what we think is small? Or why is it hard to step into that moment where we can pat ourselves on the back? What is that disconnect there? I think there's a couple things. So let me go for some low-hanging fruit first. And you and I can just give each other and everyone who's listening the permission to celebrate progress, right? And let's just as a community decide that we would love to change that ethos, right? We don't want to just celebrate the finished thing. Right. (laughs) We don't want to just celebrate that product that's done and it's packaged or, you know, whatever it might be. But we want to become people who encourage process. So we can begin to do that in each other. So there we go. We'll just say it. and We're just (laughs) going to give everyone permission to do it this week. That's some low-hanging fruit. I think, though, on a deeper level... This is where our stories circle back for us. And and I'm just going to encourage everyone to be curious about this because this is not an overnight process. But oftentimes, what our goals are focused on and centered around are, are places of deep desire in our heart, right? I desire to be a successful person. I deeply hope for or I'm desiring to make a beautiful piece of art. And I desire to finish my portfolio. I want to do that so that I can do X, Y, or Z. And when we when we make a little bit of progress towards what we desire, for some of us, our stories open up or connect back to those 
those bits of our hearts and our stories where we actually have a little bit of a war with desire. And, and that's okay. Like that's how we're built, right? And our stories are going to kick in. And for some of us, it, you know, maybe it was a dangerous thing to like have a lively and energetic heart filled with desire for beautiful things when we were kids. And so we've learned to keep that quiet. Or I think for some of us, we just say, it doesn't feel good to be a disappointment or to be a failure, right? And of course we aren't, but we have taken on those identities. And so we, we just sort of push away from progress because it actually pushes against the identity that we've created for ourselves. We've said we're a failure in some ways, and now there's no risk in failing, right? But if we begin to make progress, it's like, oh, this is new data that shows me I'm doing something new. We can both admit anytime we do something new, we just feel kind of young and vulnerable, right? Because we've never done it before. And so I think it just opens up this place um, for us to explore our stories a little bit. And all we can do is be curious, right? Chat with a good friend and slowly, slowly lean into celebration to build a new identity that I am a successful artist, that I am a creative who can grow and learn and do new hard things. We'll be back after this short break. Today is the day. The Tillage Village is finally open for enrollment now until January 31st. It's here where you will uproot limiting beliefs, find community, and make strides in your big hopes and dreams. You can expect co-working sessions, workshops, journal prompts, visits from past guests on the podcast, and support and accountability. For believing in this community from the start, Founding members during this first enrollment period will join at $222 paid up front for a six-month commitment. A six-month commitment is required to foster deep community and transformation within each member. The price will always stay at $37 per month for founding members as long as you decide to stay. This is the lowest price the Tillage Village will ever be, so don't miss out. Find the link in the description below or head on over to thetillagepodcast.com to sign up today. Now back to the show. Wow, there was a lot there. I think that I love the word. I don't love this word, but I love this picture of this war inside of us as we go back to things that probably kind of get in the way of us celebrating And I think for a lot of people, including myself, that's like attached to worthiness. Like, well, I can't celebrate yet because like you were saying, I haven't got the product yet. Like it's not done. It's not in its fullness. So therefore, well, I just got to wait till it's completed. And I think, you know, there's a lot there. And I think I love the permission slip that you gave people to even just start talking about this, that it doesn't have to be centered around the end goal, but the process of it all. I think there's so much there that we could touch on though, about like these deep seated parts of ourself that really struggle with celebration. I'm wondering if there's anything else there that you feel like could be unpacked of like why we innately have this struggle to celebrate. Yeah. Let's name a core truth about every creative who is here in this moment. You are worthy. And you are worthy of growth, of progress. You are worthy of being beautiful, of putting beautiful things into the world. You are worthy of celebration, right? Let me just say that again. 
you are worthy of being celebrated. There are qualities about each of us that are innately fabulous. <laughs> and of course, we are not black or white human beings, right? We're marbled together. And so I think sometimes, again, this circles back to that idea that it has to be perfect to celebrate it. It doesn't. I always look at my kitchen counter, right? And it is marble together, the black and the white. You could never pull it apart. And and that's what we are as humans, right? Just because I sometimes get frustrated or short or I interrupt my child, <laughs> you know, that doesn't mean that I am not a loving, kind person, right? They're not they're not polarizing one another. So I get to exist as a worthy human being, a, a woman who is worthy of celebration, even as I'm in process, even as the progress is following me, even in my frustration, even in my failure, right? Like, oh, I tried something and it really did flop. I mean, honest to goodness, it just flopped. My attempt is worthy of celebration in that moment, right? And and I think many of us have, have heard this, but I think it's a wonderful thing to verbalize as well that, you know, failure is just an event. It is not an identity, yeah. but worthiness is an identity. It is not an event. And so that's why celebration is key. Celebration is the thread that helps us to and of course, it's a skill that we get to learn and foster and grow and nurture. But, but celebration is really, I think, the thread that helps us go back into our past, whether it be our past day, our past week, our past past, and pull out bits of goodness that we get to lift up and hold up to ourselves and say, ah, yes, here is some evidence of my worthiness. Right? And the more we believe those little bits of data, the more confident hope and momentum we have. And so that's why, <laughs> and this is a really good gift in being a creative, but it's hard work. The more we look at our stories and the more we work on seeing the truth in our stories, the more we have hope and the more we have momentum for the goals that we're really shooting for in our creative businesses. It's kind of fun, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I think also worthiness is deeply connected. Well, it is deeply connected to how we love ourselves. And how we love ourselves is often very matched with our posture of receiving. And so we can often close that off like, oh, well, if I don't love myself, then I don't see myself as worthy, which then leads into I'm not going to receive and I'm not going to accept celebration. And I see that a lot in my story, honestly. And I think there's so much there to unpack. So I love that you walked on that journey with me to talk about worthiness, because I think that's just a powerful message for people to hear today. You know, I think sometimes we try to protect ourselves from that celebration. We almost protect ourselves from celebration, you know, and I think I would just say, be curious about that. When you catch yourself kind of having like that kind of posture of contempt towards yourself that says, oh, or yuck, or I'm not worthy of that. Just be curious about it, right? Like we don't unpack things like this overnight. It's a slow process. But there is, there is, a, I think, a real gift in being able to say, I don't want to have a posture of self-contempt towards my art, 
towards my business and towards myself, right? Like just for instance, if I look at a child's piece of art, would we as an adult or a teacher or a parent ever say, oh, your son is not very good or your flowers are kind of wonky, right? What, we, I mean, we almost cringe. Like, could you imagine if a teacher did that? And yet we, we do have that posture towards ourselves sometimes. And so I would just say it's an invitation to, to look at yourself, your work and say, okay, I don't, if I wouldn't say this to a child, I won't say it to myself, but I would naturally celebrate a child. Why? Because we want to encourage truth and progress and hope in the learner. And so we get to be that teacher, if you will, to the part of us that is making and creating, whether that be a system or a piece of work in our business. And so it's a choice and it's a skill that we get to foster over time. And I think you need a community who can help you do this too. Absolutely. I would 100% agree with that. Those people are the ones that actually extend their hand and kind of pull you forward and pull you towards celebration because all the mindsets we've talked about, whether it's not loving ourselves well, unworthiness, there's the downplaying of like, well, it's not that big of a deal. Like if you really knew like what I wanted it to be, you would really celebrate with me so we can downplay things. But community really is an incredible resource to stimulate that celebration for us when we can't do it on our own. And I don't think that any of us really does it on our own. If you think about the child, you know, in a kindergarten class, they don't naturally do it on their own either, right? It is, we all see it is the teacher's role to foster that hope, that encouragement, and that spirit of progress in a child, right? And so we get to do that for one another. And I would just encourage all of us, right? The more we give, it's reciprocal, right? If I'm going to encourage and put courage and hope into someone else, it will return to me in a way that gives me life and encourages me too, because that builds the ethos that we're hoping for as a creative community here. Yeah. So as we talk about this, what are some practical ways that artists and creatives can implement celebration in our daily lives? Like you, you gave a couple of examples, but how do you see that happening daily for us? Okay. I, I have really kind of challenged myself in a really gentle way to to find a lot of ways to celebrate over this last year. And um, something that surprised me is that the more I do it, the more my, you know, I do it here in the context of my family most frequently because this is where I live. So my family has now joined in on the fun. But let me just give you some really practical ideas. And I, you know, can't wait to hear what other ideas this community has. But I almost have what I call like my celebration basket. So I know that's a little bit cheesy, but it totally <laughs> works for me. So, <laughs> And so I have some physical things in there and some slips of paper as well. And so in this basket, whether this is a real thing for you or, you know, just a figurative, there are things like take a walk, have a cup of tea. Do your normal ritual of making coffee. Have a square of chocolate. Call a friend. Take a walk around the block. Go squeeze a lemon and put your feet up on the porch. That's more for the summer. Some little things 
like that, right? Because for me, I want all of my celebration to be accessible, (laughs) right? I want it to be something that many things I can do on my own if I'm here. I want it to remind me of my worthiness, right? Like I am worthy of rest. I can stop and stretch right now. And that's a great reward. I am worthy of a 20-minute nap. I'm going to put a little timer on and take a little nap. I'm worthy of doing nothing and just enjoying the warm air outside, right? And so just having a list of things that are normal. And again, this is the power of celebration is all you're doing is taking an intentional moment and maybe even doing something that you normally would but you're doing it intentionally to celebrate. Of course, I'm going to have a glass of water during the day, but I can stop and I can slowly pour a glass of water or light a candle or make a cup of tea in a way that says, I finished that difficult email. Now I'm going to give my body in this present moment a gift of rest or air or exercise or water or chocolate and honor that goodness. And in the doing of that, I'm just building hope, right? I'm building momentum and I'm remembering. And that act of remembering and rehearsing the progress and celebrating it, it just becomes so natural, right? And so now my kids are like checking my Instagram account for reasons to go buy ice cream. Oh, (laughs) you know, they're like, hey, when you hit, I don't know, 100 followers, mom, can we all get ice cream? Sure. (laughs) Right. And then it becomes the gift in the family. And they've translated that into their own lives too. Of, Mom, I did this difficult thing. Do you think we could celebrate? Now, of course, as a parent, we can't always go get milkshakes, which is clearly the number one go to in my family. But the concept is there. And so I'm really glad that foundation is taking place in my home. (laughs) Yeah, I think too, like we can often, maybe we get to the point where we can celebrate ourselves, but we do that independently. But there's power in celebration when we welcome people into that experience and do it together too. And I love that you give also just very easy ways to celebrate ourselves without breaking the bank, without having to go on this extravagant vacation or something. We're talking very small things that we can be intentional to celebrate those moments. But I do want to say that I think that there's something there about welcoming people into that celebration as well. I had a friend and I was really just inspired by her take on the fact that she finally finished her wholesale catalog and she hosted a little party. She brought her friends together. They looked over the catalog. She had some food. And I just thought, wow, what a cool way to celebrate a milestone that she'd worked so hard on and then invited people to celebrate with her. And that's kind of awkward sometimes to be like, hey, everybody, look at me. Look what I did. Come celebrate with me. But I think that there's something there too, that extension of like, come do this with me because I'm excited about it and I'm welcoming you into this experience. Absolutely. I feel like you put that into just really beautiful words, Shirley. We we are worthy of celebration and we're worthy of celebration in community. 
And, and we get to do that for ourselves. But here's the amazing thing. When we facilitate celebration, whether that be for ourselves or our children or our friends, we're really modeling a really powerful principle in life, right? And so what a good gift for every one of her friends that came to the party. They didn't have to come, right? But they were invited into the goodness that she was celebrating. And we both know she put good food out and it probably cleaned the home and created this beautiful space to celebrate. There was so much that went into marking that moment. I think I just wanted to highlight that, that when we celebrate with others, we're giving them goodness. Like it's, it is a gift that continues to give. I love that. So what for you, we've talked about celebration, but how do you personally meet failure or disappointments in your own life? So we've talked about celebration. So what do we do when we meet failure or disappointments? How do you implement ways to celebrate even in these not so celebration worthy moments? Yes. Okay. So we really haven't dived into this. And I think it's a really wise question, Shirley. I I believe that celebration and grief are actually quite connected. Um, Oftentimes, when I look, let's just give us a simple example. I might look back over my week and I might find an opportunity to celebrate, right? Maybe I'm I'm hunting through, but there's, there's no reality in our creative businesses where we have a day, a week, a month, or a year where everything goes well. There are regularly moments of failure, of falling to the left or the right or behind what we had hoped for, a level of frustration that we did not anticipate, you know, kind of an activation of a part of our story that's not pleasant. And we feel that loss, right? That gap of loss is because we have desire. And we already talked about how we kind of push against that desire so that we don't have to feel the loss. But here's an invitation for all of us. I I wasted some time this week. Me too. (laughs) I did not. Yeah, of course we did. Of course we did. We're just naming what everybody experienced at some point. I had a few things that didn't go as I had hoped. I didn't even start a project I had desired to start. And so I get to grieve that loss just a little bit or just a lot if it's a big failure. You know, I mean, we're talking about you've got little grief and we have big grief, right? And and grief is cyclical, right? And grief is not something that we just tick the box and then it's gone. And so when I have a disappointment, or a failure. We're going to find some level every day, every week. Then I get to take care of myself. Now, here's here's kind of like the genius of this. The the things that we do to care for ourselves in a moment of celebration are also the things we can do to care for ourselves in a moment of grief. And so you don't have to have two baskets, one for <laughs> celebration and one for grief, okay? <laughs> but but it is a gift to have it ready for both moments. Because when we catch ourselves in a moment where we see, where we notice, or where we feel that loss, that disappointment, or we just fell flat on our face, we got scared, we didn't do it. It's a loss. And we get to 
if we want, if we're able, lean into that grief and feel it. And that's always going to be connected to our desire, right? Because the grief is there because we desired something else, right? I desired a success. (laughs) I really wanted that person to email me back and say, I want your entire portfolio, Colleen. And they didn't. And so I feel sad. And I have a couple things that I can do in that moment of failure, of disappointment, of frustration, of pain. But it's going to start with caring for myself, like you said, Shirley, finding a way to love myself and care for myself. Because guess what? I'm worthy of care in a moment of grief in the same way that I'm worthy of celebration in a moment of noting progress. And so I do really similar things. I will, and it's tricky. It's hard. I mean, you know, we kind of crawl through these moments instead of like elegantly walk through the door. But I might call, I have a friend down the street who homeschools her kids. And so she's local. I might call her and see if she's home during the day. Just stop by. I might make a cup of tea or go for a walk. So I tend to lean into the disappointment first before I look for something to celebrate. And maybe you're not able to do that in your story right now, and that's okay. But if you are, it's a really good gift that you can foster for yourself. I have never thought about grief and celebration in juxtaposition like that. I think that it's so interesting that we can also push away grief just as much as we push away celebration. Because it takes a lot also to get into a stance where we welcome almost the process of grieving because sometimes we have these things going right back down the same road as we talked about with celebration. We have things in our past that go suck it up, buttercup, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, keep working hard, no need to stop and grieve this, like show up again. This is going to be hard, have the grit. And so I love that you talk about also just welcoming grief and giving ourselves permission that it's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to be bummed out that somebody didn't email you back and to take a moment and go back to your same little bin. I love that you have those same tools to celebrate and to also grieve with too. I'm just so enlightened by that because I've never thought about those two things together. This has been such an incredible conversation. And I think that there's so much people can take away and start to implement right away, quick action that they can do in their week next week, starting today. So I'm so thrilled that you came on and shared your heart about celebration and grief. And if people want to continue to connect with you, would you mind sharing your socials and your website, any, anything else that you're working on that you would love to share? Sure. I would love to do that. You know, Shirley, I think that as creative, we, we all really, for the most part, want to be creating from our heart, right? And kind of some of the science behind all this is that when we, when we open ourselves a bit more to celebration, desire, grief, we're actually accessing parts of our heart, right? That take a little work to access. And so that's why I'm passionate about this kind of work. And so one of the things that I do at Colleen Annalee, so anyone can find me at ColleenAnnalee.com. That's C-O-L-L-E-E-N-A-N-N-A-L-E-A.com. Same on Instagram. I love 
having coaching communities of women because this is the kind of work that is best done in community, right? We work. And so you can find me at any of those places where I have coaching communities and I would love to to connect with you more in either of those spaces. Well, thank you again so much for being on the Tillage podcast and those links will be in the show notes today as well. So thank you again for being here. And I so appreciated this conversation. It was a gift to chat with you. Thank you, Shirley. Here are the key takeaways from today's episode. Everyone's story is so unique and there's no right or perfect path to get to where you want to go. We simply need to look at our own story and say, this is who I am and that's a good thing. Colleen defines celebration as intentionally marking goodness in something that has already passed. Celebration is just a marking, a noting, a noticing, and a holding up of goodness, recognizing it, and then leaning into it. Give yourself today the permission to celebrate progress and not just the end result. You are worthy of celebration and you are worthy of being celebrated. Be curious when you catch yourself having a posture of contempt towards yourself, your art, your business, and overall have a feeling of unworthiness. This won't get unpacked overnight, but we need to be a teacher to the part of us that is making and creating. It's a choice and it's a skill that we get to foster over time and community can absolutely help you do this. Celebration doesn't have to be huge or break the bank. Find little things that you can use to intentionally celebrate yourself. You are also worthy of celebration in community. When we facilitate celebration with others, we're giving them goodness, and it's a gift that continues to give. And lastly, the things that we do for ourselves in a moment of celebration can also be the same things we use to care for ourselves in a moment of grief. Allow yourself to feel grief just as much as you allow yourself to celebrate. Thanks again for listening to the Tillage Podcast. It brings me so much joy knowing that you spent your very precious time with me here today. If you want more, head on over to thetillagepodcast.com for today's show notes. And I'll be back next week with another episode. 